Stevenson centers, and the loose puck was put on. Rebound shot blocked. Now Eichel scores. The third rebound goes for Eichel. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Marcia Sellright to the circle. White Cloud shoots. He scores. Doing his best. Jack Eichel finds the opening. Top shelf. Sharp angle for White Cloud. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215... Home of the Woo! Still don't understand why that's a big issue for you, timing that, but we're off and running. You're trying to no-look them. That's what you're trying to do to, to Chapman with the delay uh, mm-hmm. on the home of the... Yeah. Just like Jack Eichel did last night. He had a two-on-one in that game in Salt Lake City, and he was looking off the entire time. Never once... From the blue line in, did he look at the puck or did he look at the goalie? Mm. He was looking off the entire time. It was unbelievable. I happened to be right down in the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the greatest places that I've ever watched the National Hockey League game was, was last night in Salt Lake City, my position uh, at the rink. And the exposure to the speed and the uh, strength and the skill uh, of the players is elevated, but Boy, oh boy, that one play with Jack Eichel, being able to watch that up close, is like opinion-altering. Yeah. He's he's great. I know he's fast. I've, I've skated with him. But watching him do it at game speed like that yeah. from right beside him just blew my mind. Well, he's... he's- Really, really good, and you know that's an aspect I think that we're we're starting to understand a little bit more as Jack has dominated so far here in the preseason. You 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 want to see that continued progression, and to me, I I can't wait for this year. I cannot wait for this season to get underway because Jack Eichel, um, with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, fully healthy, ready to go after a normal off season, is going to be really fun to watch. I should add he he didn't even score in the play. And I'm raving about this. Well, yeah. I'm raving about it. And the puck didn't even go in. So imagine what I'd be doing. It'd be cartwheels, handstands, backflips. That's not uncommon. Roundabouts. Not uncommon for you. Uh, have you seen me do a cartwheel? I am really good. Are you really? Handstands. Oh, okay. Uh, handstands, Whoa, I'm okay. Hold on, hold on. I'm okay. You're not going to gloss cartwheels, over this. I'm really good. You're not going to gloss over this. Mm-hmm. I want you to do a cartwheel in the break. I, I I'll do a cartwheel. I'm gonna video I'll do a it. cartwheel live on the air later I, on. I'm gonna video it in the break. I'm gonna put it on Twitter. Uh, I I did a uh, event today. Dave Gosher and I oh, uh, yeah. a partners luncheon for the oh. Vegas Golden Knights. Look at you! And we bring in everybody associated with the hockey club uh, mm. on the sponsorship and partner side, including Lotus. Uh, got a great chance to see uh, Natalie and Ray mm-hmm. uh, over at the Cosmo today. Uh, but we were doing a Q and A with George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon. Up in the nice. stage. Yeah. And there was a question from just in front, and it was quicker for me to jump down and hand the microphone to the person than uh, Emma, who was making sure that we could hear the questions uh, up in the stage. So I jumped down. That didn't go quite as well. Didn't, Jumping off of a stage? Didn't fall. Okay, didn't good. fall. <laughs> but 
I might have wobbled a little bit, and then I walked around and took the stairs back, the three stairs back up to the stage. It was so obvious that I wobbled and that I bailed on hopping back on the stage Mm -hmm. that George McPhee leaned over to me and said, your hip okay? That's amazing. (laughs) He doesn't miss a beat. No, he doesn't. They do not miss a thing, George and Kelly. Well, it's pretty, I mean, you give them a lot of material there, but yes, yeah, Yeah. they, they do not miss anything. Yeah, well, Kelly said something about at least you weren't riding your bike. Oh, Which is, no, that's good. Kelly yeah. and I, Kelly and I can do that. Kelly and I can uh, do that. Uh, last night's game, we've got one more now. So after last night's game, has anything changed in your opinion about training camp? Changed about training camp? Um, Excited, uh, concerned, uh, optimistic, uh, trending in the right direction. I think the only thing, um, I'm excited for the regular season. The one thing that I would look at and say, okay, what's going to happen between now and the opening of the season is Jonathan Marcheseau, right? You've had mm. two opportunities to see Marcheseau with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. And in both situations, the Golden Knights, Bruce Cassidy, have gone away from that line combination after one period of play. Yeah, pretty so, quickly. So I'm I'm curious. Like, I, I didn't have an issue at all with the lines from the second period on. Obviously, uh, you find some some chemistry there. Brett Howden, I thought, had a really strong game. You you get kind of the pair of Jonathan Marcheseau and William Carlson knowing how each other play, and they're dynamite together. So um, I guess there's, there's that kind of question. But for me, nothing's really changed. I, I think that the Golden Knights are going into this season with something to prove, and I, I think that you can kind of see that by how they they elevated their game latter part of the first period and into the second period yesterday. Are you feeling more confident about the team after the first six games that you've watched them? Uh, I, I can't say that I'm more confident. I, I'm not less confident either. It's It's preseason. It's hard for me to gauge, right? Like, I know that we want to try to pull certain things, and I think that there are individual players that look really good. As I mentioned, Jack Eichel, I think he's coming to do some legitimate damage this year in the NHL in the regular season. I think he's trying to go out there and silence a lot of of critics that that are are there of his. Um, I, I'm optimistic by watching Mark Stone go through a couple of games, feeling pretty good, talk to him today, feeling good after that game, after the travel. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm optimistic still that the Golden Knights are going to be a really good team this year, but I'm not more so or less so because of preseason. It, it's hard for I'm me to really... I'm surprised about that. I'm surprised that? That, that your opinion is exactly the same as it, as it, it started. It's not really that different, no. Huh. That, I, uh, I, I need I, to see like games that, that are really important and matter. Yeah. But you can you can gauge a little bit on on preseasons. Uh, you don't want to take it to the the bank. But that line of uh, of Eichel and Smith and Kessel has been so dominant that has me thinking that they're going to score even more as as a team. Uh, William Carlson's performance has me thinking optimistically about a twenty five goal season mm-hmm. from from William Carlson. Which would be great, even uh, though he's he's slotted in that number three position. Mark Stone being healthy uh, from the start of training camp, I had some questions or concerns or worries, hesitations. W- what will be Mark's training camp? Uh, even though everything was progressing well, uh, seeing the pace that was established early on, would he be able to 
maintain that. He hasn't taken a single maintenance day, mm-hmm. uh, which is amazing. Uh, I, I I would have expected a couple in there. That hasn't happened. That has me feeling even better about this team. Uh, and then what we talked about last night, the the freedom to for the blue liners to explore skating with the puck yeah. feeds into me uh, being uh, on the line of, we might be looking for something really big out of likes of Shea Theodore or Alex Petrangelo, uh, and and uh, and this is all without. I would like Nick Hag to be signed. Mm-hmm. That's one that uh, that uh, that jumps out at me on the other side. Uh, goaltending has shown great glimpses, great glimpses, and then uh, a couple of spots where you'd like to be a bit better, but not not the other side. So I I feel better about this team. You're more optimistic than, than today I, than I was at the start of training camp. Yeah, I again I, I ask me the question again in two weeks, right? Like I I know that, but I'm asking the question now. No, I I know, and I told you I'm not any more or less optimistic or excited or or I my that's I lame. Just being the same. That's lame. I don't feel like there's enough to pull from. Th- this preseason to say that I think the, the the Golden Knights are going to be one of the best teams in the Pacific Division. I think that they are 2-3 right now. Uh, that's what I said at the beginning of preseason. That's where I'm at right now because I, I just I look at it and I say, okay, I know that there are going to be some growing pains in terms of locking things down as, as structurally as they want to in the defensive zone. I, I know that there are going to be situations where you know your goaltending is going to have some rough starts, rough outings. It was, you know, one of those things where I just think that you've got to look at this team over the course of, you know, five game stretches at, in the early part of the season to, to really get an idea of how they're coming along and, and how they're going to stack up. I think they're going to be good. I thought they were going to be good going into preseason. I have seen nothing in preseason that tells me that's not going to be the case, but you know, I'm not. I'm not necessarily going to say that that I think they're going to be better. I want to see I you do the cartwheel or do the handstand. Why? Because you apparently have an amazing ability to balance. I I I, I don't. I'm not on the extreme. No, the way that you're on that fence, yeah, I, like, like it's crazy on, how how awesome okay. right. you are at balancing. Uh, I don't think I'm on see the fence. I, there. I don't think I'm there, on the Jackman. fence at all. Chapman, are you more or less optimistic? Well, Chapman, so Monday when we open the phones, I want this question to be answered by our audience. Mm-hmm. Where are you on this team after the seven preseason games? We've watched six. Chapman, we like to think of you as the voice of the fans <laughs> because you are a fan. Yes. What are you thinking right now? I'm a little more optimistic, to, to, to be to be perfectly frank with you, Darren. Um I, I was unsure coming in. Yeah. I, I, I thought that... Well, there's some question what, marks. What, what you said about Mark Stone to me is is really important, right? He He's played a couple games. He says he's felt really good after them. It's arguably the story of camp. It's, it's the, uh, well, Along with the Eichel, Kessel, and and Smith line, Mark Stone well, is I, the story of camp I think being healthy. It's the, it's the most important issue surrounding the yeah. team is his health because I, I firmly believe that a healthy Mark Stone leads the Golden Knights to great things. If he's unhealthy, then I think the Golden Knights. They, then there's some some question marks. But if I look at that alone, I I, I think right now I'm I'm a little more optimistic because I I wasn't sure coming in. Right, there were questions, there were rumors. Mark Stone may not be in camp. He may miss some time. 
And and I'll be uh, the other thing is I think some of the young defensemen who've stepped in in place of Nick Hague not being there I think they've performed pretty well like Caden Korzak I think has been really good mm. Ben Hutton has been has been pretty solid for the Golden Knights uh, you know I, I I think there's some optimism that maybe wasn't there two three weeks ago we'll go back to Wallace do you mm-hmm. want to alter your opinion no. alongside. No. That of Chapman and I. No, you're you're not okay. So like we're talking about optimism after a six four win over the Los Angeles Kings, right? Like that's where we're at. We're trying to like determine how optimistic. No, no, we are. I'm, I'm, it's the whole training camp. The whole training camp. It, it, it was still a game in which you know I, I think the Golden Knights couldn't get out of their own zone for an entire period. And like I get it, Mark Stone didn't play in that game, but there's still question marks to me about Mark Stone healthy. Great, I love that. Who's he going to play with? Outside of Chandler Stevenson, because that that to me is a legitimate question. We've had that line in two games, and we've had two periods of mm-hmm. Marcheseau, Stevenson, and Stone. That's a question. And today the lines were different from what we saw last night. Today, Jonathan Marcheseau was up with Chandler. Uh, I'm sorry, up with Jack Eichel and Riley Smith, and Phil Kessel was down on that third line with William Carlson and Michael Amadio. That is a combination we have not seen in a game-type setting. Mm. So how does that translate into what Bruce Cassidy is looking for from more expanded defensive zone minutes from his bottom six? I I still think that, again, there are questions that need to be answered, but it doesn't take away or push push me higher in terms of my optimism. I think that this team, to get a sense of where they're at, The games have to mean something. They have to matter. I wonder if they found something with Howden on the Stone and Stevenson line. That seems to be the direction, right? Like that. that, It it worked for two periods. And it did. And and Howden was really good in the first period Mm -hmm. when he wasn't with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he had had a great game all the way across. So it might have been Howden just being on that night, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or did he get better and better and have some chemistry with Stone and Stevenson? That's going to be kind of the million-dollar question is is whether or not Brett Howden kind of replicates that type of game alongside Stevenson and Stone, which I think is the direction that it's going to go perhaps tomorrow. Um, but, you know, again, like I, I look at that and, and as much as you have kind of your, your first take on what you think the lines are going to look like, we've seen some deviation. We've seen some change, subtle as it may be. I'm just very much curious to see what happens there. Does Brett Howden get an extended look with those two players, and how does it impact the rest of the lineup? I think there's a better possibility of Marcheseau ending up on the wing of Carlson than of him ending up with Eichel and Riley Smith because of the Kessel, Smith, and Eichel dominance. Mm -hmm. So I would see... If they don't go with what we've seen throughout training camp, if they do move Marshall off that that right side with uh, Stone and, and Stevenson, does he end up back with with his regular center? The only and this this speaks to my optimism to be cautious, but but I have seen enough that that I that I'm more positive. Uh, it's it's certainly uh, trending towards the right direction, but don't take everything you see. As a grain of salt, Marcheseau in in the preseason not being on and having one period with with Stone and Stevenson in each game that he they started with them uh, is is preseason action, uh, and I and I liken this to something that I saw the other day in a Chicago Blackhawk Minnesota Wild game that I was watching. Uh, they were in Milwaukee basketball facility. Not that it's uh, that's important, but they're, they're they're going on about all this stuff and and. They stop and zero in on Patrick Kane. 
And Patrick Sharp, the great esteemed Patrick Sharp, says, 12 years of watching him, I've never seen him play a good preseason game. Now that's talking about one of the best players in the world that, still. That so, is what is wrong within, with, with looking at preseason and determining yeah, more or so, less optimism. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, that's inherently the issue. But we judge what we can judge, right? Uh, but now, how no, can you judge there, it when you don't know because what there's a the track, other team's really trying to give you in those situations? Well, there's, there's, a, there's a history there of, of Sharp with Patrick Kane. That's what he's, he's judging on. Mm-hmm. He's never seen him play a good preseason game, and he always turns it on. Now, I, I don't I haven't watched uh Jonathan Marshall in, in preseasons that closely. Mm-hmm. One we haven't even had any uh at all. Not really. So don't, there's yeah. well there there was one where there was no preseason game. Yeah. Like there was yeah. uh so I, I can't dial into that. Uh I do know that, that he gets so much more out of his competitive battle all in that maybe you can't do that in a preseason game. I don't know. But he will be a player uh, that has earned the benefit of the doubt for me until I see it next week. The rest of it, like the, with Stone, it's, it's health. Mm-hmm. With with Eichel and Smith and and Kessel, it's obvious chemistry because they're like they just fill in the net. Uh, there, so there's some some obvious reasons to draw great optimism from those two parts. Uh, it's not just one or two little samples uh from from each game so uh that's that's where i do it but i do also give myself a little bit of uh latitude with with marcia so going into next week it's not so much my take on jonathan marcia's play it's it's there are two teams involved in a preseason game like i again it's hard for me to really determine one way or another how what I'm seeing from the Golden Knights and what I'm seeing from specific players and specific lines, how that's going to translate when you have a squads going at each other for the first time in a game that matters. I, I think that there are things you can pull. Paul Cotter, been a great story. Jake LeCision, he's been good. Caden Korzak, some of the young defensemen, have been really solid for the Golden Knights. Um, but I expected them to, right? Coming into this camp, I, I expected the Golden Knights would be just fine on the blue line because the depth there organizationally is something that we talked about mm. and why the the organization, the front office, can be patient with Nick Haig and him not being signed. It's why I felt they had all the leverage in this situation. So it's more affirming my expectations for this team, not so much balancing on offense. I, I think that I've seen what I need to see in the preseason. Now I need to see it in the regular season. Uh, Nick Haig, I, I don't know what's going to happen here. It It is the case, though, where the club has leverage. And yeah. it, it, there's no arbitration rights, and you are are against it. The Jason Robertson, we'll get to that in in one timers, uh, news notes from around the National Hockey League in hour number two. Uh, signing yesterday, he's off the table. Massive numbers from that deal <laughs> with a with a restricted free agent. Left some on the table. Huge numbers uh, from from where his positioning was and the leverage that the hockey club had. Uh, that's not going to affect Nick Hag. Totally different scenarios, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. even though they're both restricted free agents. So uh, I, I heard a couple of people talking about, well, does this now uh, clear the path? No, no, because it's it's closer to what we've seen in, in some other defensemen uh, signing. Uh, this is going to be uh, a decision where I, I think the offer has probably been made by the mm-hmm. hockey club. Mm-hmm. The counter offer has been made uh, by the player, and you're waiting for one to, to give in. 
you start to miss paychecks next week, that's that's the next pressure point that we've got. Yeah. We'll we'll see. But the the kids that coming in, I don't think anybody that we've seen, Ben Hutton has experience, certainly. Uh Bischoff is back in the picture mm-hmm. uh, for a National Hockey League spot. Caden Korzak is pushing for that. I don't think anybody has played so far beyond where you go. We can, we can let this linger a, a, a lot longer because Nick Hag isn't as good as these players. Nick Hag's still, still a very valuable part of that blue line and would be uh, welcome back to be able to insert in that lineup and make them better. No, I I agree with you there. But again, it's one of those situations where you need the player here and mm-hmm. you need to get him caught up, right? Like that's that's going to be the big thing for Nick Haig that even now, yes, technically he hasn't missed a paycheck yet, but there's been some valuable stuff in camp that he's going to have to play catch up when he does sign. And that's going to be something he's going to have to do on the fly and be good at. I don't think it's as much as, as we believe, the, the, the I, catch up. I, I think there's if there's... If there's a bunch of players... Yeah, if it's one guy, you can do extra work, uh, extra film. I'm sure he's watching the games. I'm sure he's somewhat familiar with the, with what's happened. Uh, with for one player, physically he's going to be fine. System wise, he's got to make an adjustment. Uh, but I don't think it's a case where he's signing and then not playing for two weeks. No, 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 no. I don't think that that would be the case, but I, I do think that there's going to need to be some type of acclimation period for him, and he's gonna. it's going to be de- dependent on how quickly he picks things up for when he's proving or showing to be that player, right? Like, it, if Nick Haig comes in and, and it's, a, it's a battle or a struggle, like, there will be nights where he's sitting for guys that have been here, for guys that are, are a little bit further ahead in terms of the system. Yeah. Now, I ask Chapman. you because I legitimately don't know, but Bruce Cassidy spoke about it today. Nick Haig is in Vegas. He's skating here. Bruce said he looked good. Is there – can the I team – I didn't know that. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. So hopefully we'll have the audio a little okay. – we're, we're working on the audio. But can the team relay through Nick's agent what things he should be working on in order to get caught up into the system and what, what types of things they well, want? He doesn't have a contract, but there's nothing that prevents him – from having communication with the team. Okay, so so in theory, Bruce he Cassidy... Can't play, he can't play. Mm-hmm. If, if the player wanted to come to camp and skate with the team, you can skate uh, without a contract. It it never, very rarely happens yeah. that a player would come to camp without, I with, without a contract. But there's nothing to stop player and coach from talking uh, at all or funneling over some video... There's there's nothing illegal about that because he is he's still Vegas property. So in theory, he may not be as behind as we yeah, think I don't, he, he could be. I don't know how much. That's a question for uh, Shane. He he would know more more about that. I'll reach out to him uh, and ask him. But uh, in in the past, a lot of these get very confrontational. I don't get the sense that this is confrontational. Even though they're they're approaching the start of the regular season, there's been nothing said uh, really in the in the media that that goes back and forth. Even uh, any type of quotes, it's it's been very quiet. So I get the uh, I get the vibe that everybody's sort of on the on the same page as far as we want this to work. Uh, he's happy to be a Golden Knight. He wants to to be part of the team. They Kelly McCrimmon's gone on 
over and over and over how much he admires Nick Hag and, and values his game. Uh, it's just the the dollars and cents and and making it work under the salary cap with uh, the hockey team having the rare rarest of of times when they have leverage compared to other negotiation stances where it's just a restricted free agent with arbitration rights where I put in my dollars, you put in what you're worth, and the arbitrator decides. Like that's uh, that's much simpler or or a free agent. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that that's kind of I guess w- what my question yeah. was because it, it sounds like you know if he's here, then in theory he he could be certainly in, you know working on something. That's things. news. You got news right there. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, I, I wasn't. Up, I was doing the, my my luncheon with Gold yeah. Bruce, Bruce said he he had been in Kitchener, I think, or, yeah, or, or, yeah, or yeah. Kitchener, yeah, skating Kitchener. with the junior team, and and that he was back. So he's in Vegas. So that's mm. good news. That's that's outstanding. And maybe that if you want to read into something. Is great. Well, I read into it because he was then asked if if it meant that if he if he wasn't signed and played tomorrow, if he would be able to play on Tuesday, and Bruce did not rule that out. No. Well, I don't. I don't think the the get to know everything is as big as what you might imagine it to be. Just because he's one guy, he probably play in the third pairing uh, for that first game, whenever that first game is, whether it's Tuesday or, or Thursday, and you'd be able to manage him a little bit. And when he's not practicing with the team, he's doing a lot of video work or individual work uh, on the side with the coaches. So uh, you, you can speed that up when it's one player. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we continue, a little bit more on players that were looking to have that impact on the start of the season. We also have some uh, sound. Chris Chapman has an interview with Caden Korzak. We will bring you that uh, audio from head coach Bruce Cassidy and Mark Stone. What's Mark Stone up to? Practicing in the morning, doing something else. He's a dual sport guy. It's all in the Fox Sports Las Vegas, the VGK Insider Show. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. BGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, hour number one, cruising. Hour number two will feature uh, news and notes from around the National Hockey League with one-timers. Uh, a little bit happening on the heels of the big signing. We didn't get to it yesterday because we only had one hour uh, up in Salt Lake City because of the time change. Uh, we'll get to the Jason Robertson situation in its uh, totality. Uh, signing on with the Dallas Stars. Sounds like he's going to be ready to go. May play, actually, a, a preseason game right away. So uh, that's uh, one player off the shelf when it comes to the restricted uh, free agents. Uh, Want to also uh, get a little bit more into the goaltending. Did it tighten up? Did that race uh Closed uh, on each other uh, last night with uh, Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill. Uh, that's an interesting one. And when it comes to the fourth line that uh, that the head coach talked about following uh, game number five of the preseason, what do we expect to happen there? Could that be the the biggest possibility of something surprising happening uh, to this team? Uh, yeah, probably. Um... You know, I, I think you look at kind of the the top nine for the Golden Knights. It's pretty well set in stone here going into uh, the regular season. But you know, with Will Carrier still not uh, still not available, will not play tomorrow. Um, 
you start to get into, okay, Paul Cotter's likely going to be the guy that kind of fills into that role. However, I think you need to see it in a game, right? Like you need to see Paul Cotter with Nick Waugh and Keegan Colasar, and you need to see that line have some some good stretches in in that final preseason game. So I might, you know, if you get that and and some of the things are, are buttoned up there, then you know, I think it's pretty well established what the Golden Knights are going to look like going into Tuesday. It's funny. You, you look at the Hag situation. He's not in camp, but he's yeah. training. Yeah. Carrier is in camp, but he's injured, and he's not practicing with the team. Uh, how much does it take either guy? Is there a difference if with with either player getting up to, to game speed? Yeah, I, I think it'll be... I mean, again, I, I think that Will Carrier, because he went down so early in camp and hasn't really been able to, to, to put practices together, I don't know that it's going to be uh, too much different. That being said, Will did have the benefit of those first three days, right? And I think mm-hmm. those first three days are massive just in terms of, of understanding certain aspects and, and trying to drill them in as much as possible. Even though Will is not able to practice at the moment, he has the benefit of those three days. Nick Hague doesn't. So whether or not you think it's going to be a lengthy reacclimation, whether or not you think he'll be able to just kind of dip right in and, and be fine, um, I tend to think that it's going to take a little bit more time, but it's not something I don't think Nick can play through. I think he'll be fine there. Let me say just, a little more time. What do you give me a gauge, a little bit of a, a window I mean, of that? I, I would I would say Nick Hague's probably going to look like Nick Hague within five within ten games. Oh, 10 games. Ten yeah. games within ten games. Yeah. Wow, I, that's a lot longer than I thought. I mean, Shay Theodore. Mm-hmm. Kind of went through this similar process where he missed quite a bit of camp and didn't look like himself for a couple of weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I have to draw on. And I, I think that that wasn't necessarily a new system. You know what I mean? So um, I, I think it might take a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a little bit longer than me, but uh, I just hope we get to see it soon. That That's the. The one where we totally agree on is uh, hopefully we get to, to Nick Hag and the pressure point of the start of the season when you start losing money. Now, when you're, when you're in contract negotiations, it's good to go back and forth, and I want this, and you really don't want to pay me that. You want to pay me uh, a lot a mm. lot less. Well, whatever we agree on is is fine, but if I start losing paychecks, and losing the possibility of making what I want mm-hmm. or the possibility of even earning what you've offered. And now that's gone mm-hmm. because I'm losing actually days to be paid. That's really significant. And it's the number of days of the season. And so that's where it's really big. And you have to take a, a hard look at things and player and agent uh, certainly will be doing that with, uh, if they're not, if, if the team has leverage and the team is going to stand to this, mm-hmm. are we, are we doing ourselves a, a disservice? Even with the, based on principle, we're still hurting ourselves because we're never going to get that money back. That's the question that's being hit around. I'm sure Right now, with if we go to this until Monday, mm-hmm. well, then it's then it's going to start uh, costing us even the potential to make what you offered. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get that. Yeah, yeah, it, it's interesting, right? Because right now the player, in my estimation, doesn't have any leverage. So you're going through camp, 
and and you're not missing paychecks, but I feel like the only way the player is going to garner any leverage in this situation is if you get to the regular season, right? You start playing games, and the the players in that spot don't perform the way that you want them to. Or, as we saw in the case of the Toronto Maple Leafs, there are some injury issues that, that kind of force the hand of, of, say, Rasmus Sandin to just get that deal yep. done so that he could be a part of the team. Um, it, it's interesting because... You can always you can always look for that leverage when you're not quote losing money, but how willing are you to kind of extend that yeah. to see if you get it while you're but even if you even if paychecks? you get it, I, you're not getting the full amount. I agree. When you with start you. losing I, no, paychecks. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like it'll be really fascinating to me if we get to Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever, and it's still not done to see what that latency period is, right? Like, how how much are you willing to lose to see if you can get a little bit more in terms of your leverage? That's a fascinating question and one that I don't necessarily think um, is, is going to work out for the player. Like, you get to a point where you just say, all right, you know what? This is a deal that I don't want to sign in this as it stands right now, but I also want to play hockey. And I want to show out well, and I want to have a good year, and I want to work for that next contract. Uh, you start losing paychecks, I, I think things start to to move a little bit quicker. We'll I'm see. Gonna, I'm going to take this a, a step further because one of the reasons why there is this lack of an agreement is because Nick Hag is not eligible for arbitration, mm-hmm. and that's where uh, uh, an independent party comes in and they decide between your offer and my proposal. And they've got all the stats. I give my say, you give your say, and the arbitrator goes back and and sifts through all the data and says, yeah, player A, based on comparables and what you said and what I said, uh, is is going to get this. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the caveat with with arbitration: nobody ever wants to go to arbitration. <laughs> so many people, athletes, and teams that are eligible for arbitration, yeah. Go right up until walking in that room with the arbitrator, mm-hmm. and at the last second, they come up with a deal. Yeah, because nobody really wants to sit there. Like, I don't want to sit there and listen to you tell me why I'm not worth what I want, mm-hmm. why I'm only worth this. Yeah, and you and, and that that gets feisty. That that creates hard feelings. Yeah, uh, over the course, and I know that you're not really listening to why I'm saying that I'm worth an extravagant number mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you don't care because you know the guy over or the girl over there is going to decide everything. Mm-hmm. It's not going to hurt your feelings, but you can certainly hurt my feelings and it can cause a wedge. Nobody really wants to go there. And both sides know that they've got a pretty good case. They both believe they've got a really good case, but they're not going to, it's not going to get out of hand. It's going to end up somewhere within that range. So they come to an agreement at the, at the last second. Yeah, That's why... Even though arbitration, uh, people very rarely go to arbitration, mm-hmm. it's still valuable in the process that could help. If, if this Nick Haig was arbitration eligible, yeah. this would have been done oh, I agree. a long time ago. Yeah. But the team doesn't... Why, why would the team, who's up against the salary cap, give in any more than they have to when they have comparable players? I think Nick Haig is a top six player. Mm-hmm. He is a top six defensemen on this team, sure. but comparable players, if you can get by that and, and use it to your advantage. Some teams don't, mm-hmm. 
But I think the really good teams, certainly the teams that push the salary cap, have to be very mindful and use that to their advantage. Well, it's about finding value, right? Like, And, and we've kind of talked about the Golden Knights and, and where some of the some of the roster construction has has fallen has been getting some big ticket players. And when that happens, you need some of the guys that have come through the system to be on friendly deals. And, you know, when you're looking around at the Rasmus Sandin deal, when you're looking around at the Sean Dursey deal, like those are really kind of in the ballpark comparables of where Nick Hague's at in this stage of his career. And so to me, I, I, if I'm the Golden Knights in this situation, I, I'm not going to pay more just for the sake of getting the contract done when I've got three guys right now in camp yes. that I feel like can do the job. And three them. really close comparables. Yeah, 100%. That, that are heavily weighted to my benefit yeah. on the salary cap. 100%. 100%. Like you're... You're looking at you're looking at entry level, right? Like you're that's that's what you're looking at. And for teams that are up against the salary cap, those contracts become incredibly valuable if they give you the minutes that you're looking for. Zach Whitecloud's contract, I have no doubt that's somewhere in the mix here. Probably as, as a comparable for Nick. Yeah. For Hank. And 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 I would do the same thing. But when you don't have the availability to push it to arbitration or or have somebody else in the room working with you guys, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then it, it becomes difficult. It, it, it'll change next year. Is arbitration eligible? Yeah. Signs a one year deal. He can, he can go to arbitration. That sounds like the most obvious thing to do. Right. Sign for whatever's being offered to get playing and then go to arbitration next year. Is that ultimately what you think happens? I don't know. It sounds obvious, mm-hmm. but there's got to be reasons why obvious doesn't happen all the time. That's true. Right? Like Robertson went up until you could say the eleventh hour. Yeah, Jason Robertson with the, with the Dallas Stars. Yeah, there's there's got to be a reason why that doesn't happen all all the time. Yeah, I I don't really feel like I have a read on how this is going to end. Right, like outside of. I think we're going up to the start of the season. Beyond that, I don't know. How many days, if you're Nick Haig, are you going to sit there and be like, okay, now I'm missing paychecks? Yeah. That, that's the big question for me because I, I don't think in this situation there's any legitimate reason for the organization to blink here. I just don't. And I don't think that that's the wrong decision either because you've got guys that have, have battled through camp and have, have proven to you, at least through these preseason games, that they're going to be able to fill in for you until Nick Hague gets signed. Are you normally pro player or mm-hmm. are you normally for the team? I'm, and, and I ask you that because I want to know whether this is consistent with you uh, or whether yeah. you're, you're bouncing back and forth. No, I, I'm, I'm pro player. Yeah. I always have been pro player. Yeah. But I understand so what, like, what's going on here from, from, the, from the team. I, I'm... I'm pro player too. Like I'm always going to advocate for you getting yours, right? I, always. But in this particular instance, I, I don't think that from an organizational standpoint, the Golden Knights have much else of a choice. Like you, you don't have a player with leverage here. You just don't. And and this is not a slight on Nick Hake, but he hasn't had that performance that season 
where you say, okay, we're going to bend a little bit more or we're going to give him that leverage. Like Robertson, you could see. Yeah, 40-plus goals. With Jason Robertson, he has a transcendent year, right? Like yeah. that That's clear. And he drives offense, and all the underlyings are really good for him. Like, and and it's not to suggest that I don't think Nick Hague can be that player that we expect him to be with the offensive numbers and and that he can't live up to his potential. The problem is he just hasn't done it in a full season yet. It just hasn't happened. Mm. So you're not going to overpay in, by your estimation on potential when the player doesn't have any extra leverage. In and I'm situation. sure that's been communicated. Between the I'd two imagine. sides, yeah. Look, we we want you in camp. Yeah, you're you're a big part of our team. We can't pay this because we need to save every dollar, and we have leverage right now. Yeah, we have to use it to to our uh, edge every every little dot that we can. Mm-hmm. Now, now keep in mind, there's there's other things at play here. When when you talk about okay, can they fit him in? Can they fit him in at this? Can they fit him in at Two. Can they fit him in at one point five? Can they fit him in at one? Why? Why can't you just give him whatever he needs to get back in, as long as you're cap compliant? Mm-hmm. There's questions. There's there's injuries will happen where you're going to have to bring people up and down, and if you don't have a, a, a slight little bit of flexibility, well, we we've seen what happens there. Mm-hmm. It, it puts you in a bind. You may have to play a player short. The other one is uh, while we are liking what we're seeing from Logan Thompson. And it's encouraging from Aiden Hill. And we know that Laurent Brassois is tracking towards being uh, medically cleared. Yeah, There's no guarantees that any of this is solid. So you need to give yourself some wiggle room on that side too. The what ifs. What if we're put into this position? How do we, how do we handle that with goaltending? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. That's why you just don't give... Nick, the number that makes you cap compliant and everybody's happy. Why you hold to your your foundation of of having that leverage and using that leverage to your advantage? Yeah, one hundred percent. We've seen a Golden Knights team without some semblance of cap flexibility, and it has led to icing lineups that are below what you would usually because they push the envelope. Because you push, and and I have no issue with that. Yeah, I, I like it too. <laughs> you want to be a fan of a team that is going to push the envelope when it comes to the cap. You just do, okay? (laughs) There are plenty of teams out there that are barely pushing the envelope to the floor. Let me know how that works out for their fan base. But the fact of the matter is, like, you don't want to have a surplus of money because you've got, you know, uh, Robin Leonard missing the year. Like, you don't want to necessarily just go out and spend that money because you've got to focus on this year, flexibility, trade deadline, that's going to be a big thing for the Golden Knights, right? Like, if you've got a team and you identify one hole that you want to fill, you have some flexibility to do that as long as you don't come in at hitting the cap with this Nick Hague deal. You'll have some flexibility to address the things that you need to at the trade deadline and hopefully... Or before. Or before. If you have to make player personnel decisions. Yeah, and you know, the point that you bring up about goaltending is an interesting one too because... We all hope that 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 this is the the guys that are going forward. Right, exactly. And and specifically Logan Thompson because you, you look at that contract, right? Like, we're talking about value deals. Yeah. That's a value deal if Logan Thompson is able to be kind of the guy that we're we're seeing through preseason and hoping that we see at the beginning of the regular season. But if there are certain things that need to be addressed with goaltending, you want to have some flexibility to do it. As much as you can. Yeah. 
As much as you can. Sure. Uh, we, we saw a great lineup uh, last night. It was fun to be able to watch this team go to work last night. They fell behind, but uh, come back. But with that veteran lineup, this the familiar names, the familiar combinations, uh, and, and that that was cool. That it felt real for the first time last night. Yeah, I'd say so. To to a, a degree, it felt almost like a, like a you know mid season Golden Knights game, especially yeah. from last year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you've got Jake LeCision, Jonas Rombierg, like. For all intents and purposes, that was as close to what we saw out of the Golden Knights last year as we're going to see, I think, in the preseason. But uh, it, it was cool to see a lot of different things. But may, maybe the thing that, that's front of mind for me was Mark Stone. Um, just you know, on the penalty kill in the first period, the, the 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 anticipation that he has to kind of break up a play, then he dances around Drew Doughty. It's you know good to see Mark making plays that only Mark Stone can make. And I think the timing, it was certainly there. It was closer. Um, I enjoyed watching Mark Stone play hockey again, unencumbered, and that's what it looked like. I agree with you, but for a totally different reason. I'll explain that as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. All right, we spent the, almost the whole hour on this. Well, not this particular part that I'm going to talk about, but uh, on the Nick Hague situation. Yeah. I just want to clarify one thing as it regards the availability or the proximity of, of Nick Hague. Uh, Bruce Cassidy was asked a question today. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some misunderstanding whether or not uh, Hag was in town or is still back in Kitchener. This is the answer from Bruce Cassidy, and I want you to get to, to the point. Nick Hag is still in Kitchener from the sound of it. I wouldn't say that because that's shutting on the door on something. He was here. He looked good when he was skating. So I assume, I know he was skating uh, back in Kitchener somewhere, whether it was with the junior team or on his own. So some of that may be dependent on what kind of shape is he in when he gets here. There'll be a little bit of newness for him, obviously. The other guys have gone through. Uh, we've communicated some of that to him, but he's going to have to live it. So how, how quick will that get him up to speed? Um, but yeah, the longer you're away, the tougher it's going to be. But that's the business side of it, and we're kind of dealing with the guys that are here. Not not a big thing in the grand scheme of things. Just don't want yeah. anybody thinking that he is in Vegas. I hadn't heard that. Uh, that was that was news to me. So that we want to make sure that uh, that we're on the understanding. The impression is Nick is still in mm-hmm. in Kitchener. Uh, does not have a contract, but Bruce Cassidy watched him during the captain skates mm-hmm. prior to training camp and was impressed with the big defenseman. Yeah, it, he's a he's a physical specimen, right? Mm-hmm. So it, you want ultimately Nick Hag to sign. When it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, and then how quickly can you acclimate him, get him in the lineup? Those are the questions that still remain to be answered. And we can get him here in a couple hours anyway. Well, a two-hour drive, Kitchener well, to Toronto, and then uh, across the continent. Yeah, we can do it in six and a half hours. That's fine. Yeah, it's no a quick turnaround. But. Uh, we're going to take a break. Bruce Cassidy, the entire uh, news conference, uh, media conference uh, today, will bring you that. And plus why I disagree with Ryan Wallace, but I'm really on the same page as Wallace. It's convoluted, but it will make sense. And it's, and it's a really good thing. It's all positive. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.